Hey, hey everyone, it's me, Dan Danny Napoli, and I am here with a very awesome special ed teacher named Mrs. Erin Fawcett. Alright, we are back. It is August. Had to ask what month it was because I forgot. Um, but we are here with Erin Fawcett. She is an intervention specialist, correct? Or a special education teacher? Which one do you prefer to go by? Um, my title is intervention specialist. Okay. <clears throat> nice. So, yeah. Um, and before before we talk with Aaron, though, I do want to put Kyle and Danny on the spot for a minute because oh, before this, him. before this, um, Kyle, you can come and step into my microphone if you want. Kyle admitted he was wrong about something from last episode. What was it, Danny? I have no idea. Dan doesn't world? remember. Come on, I thought oh, this was man. a big deal. Remember, Kyle said he liked something that on the last episode. He oh, totally oh, the, oh, but now now he loved the Suicide Squad. I yeah. did enjoy the Suicide Squad film. That's yeah. awesome. I gave it a full C plus. <gasps> wow. What? Well, you went and saw it twice. Yeah, I gave it a C plus. It had, I didn't see it twice to get to a C plus, but I gave it a C plus. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Well, he he said that he liked of it. all superhero movies all time. Oh. So. Okay, see? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Nothing's gotten higher than a B plus. So interesting. What was the B plus? Captain Marvel. Ah, that was good. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I had to put him on the spot real quick because I wanted to to bring all that together from Mm. last episode. Um, But we are, anyways, we are here with Aaron Fawcett, and we are also here with MTG Mom the Great. Um, (laughs) um, So, fun fact: the reason we know uh, Mrs. Fawcett or Aaron is because of Mom and their friendship, um, and also because of our little sister danny and i are little sisters friends with yeah mrs fawcett's little, uh, do- little sister little daughter sister. <laughs> little sister. <laughs> she yeah. didn't really love that but when did you two become friends i think they were in second grade maybe first grade first, the grade. first grade yeah but i don't know that i liked you then so i think it was second grade and when you drove up in the driveway and with the with the dog that tried to attack me and sitting on your lap with Bailey, yeah, but. I liked your mom right away because um, <laughs> she came to pick Gina up when she came for a play date. It was like ten o'clock at night. I <laughs> forgot her through the door. And she goes, "Aaron, I you forgot about something. her." She's like, "I forgot about Gina." <laughs> <laughs> She wasn't, and old. I fell in love with her because I love that about it's her. It's a mother. It's being a it's mom like, of five kids. Right, you like I had five. We both have five kids, and I was like, oh, thank goodness, another laid back mother. <laughs> I did. I ran out of the house that night. Oh my god, I forgot Gina. <laughs> so it was friendship after that. It was like, yeah. yeah. How do you feel now that you know mom apparently said she didn't like you? It was a joke. Yeah, I I liked her. Yeah. (laughs) I probably came on too strong. No, no, not you. Never. (laughs) It's funny. And they're still great friends. That's what's so cool about that. Yeah, Gina and Caroline. Yeah, Yeah. they really are. They're still good friends. Yeah, Yeah. It's it's a cool friendship. Uh, well, how did you, why did you become an intervention specialist? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I have a younger half-sister, so she's 11 years younger than I am, and she has learning disabilities. So she, uh, when she was old enough, you know, to start attending school, she went to this really neat school in Atlanta called the New School, mm-hmm. which this is obviously way back in the day, so I'm ancient. And... Um, so I guess I just, I must've just gone to 
you know, see your school or whatever, but mm-hmm. I just kind of really fell in love with um, the whole atmosphere and just, you know, from that point on kind of decided that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I, um, my senior, when I was looking for at colleges, it's kind of funny because I just looked for the best special ed program in the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't yeah. take other things into <laughs> account. But, um, but anyhow, that's good that so, you knew. You knew yeah. what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of rare that you know what, you, that you have a passion and you know what you want to do right away. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. My father actually really tried to talk me out of it. Um, so he, I think one, one summer he had me do an internship, um, like with business because mm-hmm. he really wanted me to, um, you know, be able to make a lot of money, which in hindsight probably would have been a release. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. And, um, and I hated it, you know, it was yeah. just, it was just never. Not for you. It was not for me. So yeah, I was always pretty sure that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And all of that. So, so now I teach, I've been, this is my fifth year, um, I think my sixth year, this will be my sixth year, um, teaching as an intervention specialist. I taught mm-hmm. third grade for about three years while I was getting mm-hmm. recertified and everything. Okay. And I teach in a classroom. Um, self-contained mm-hmm. first through third graders and they all um, have special needs mm-hmm. so yeah. a lot of children with cognitive disabilities um, some children that have you know that are um, diagnosed with being on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. learning disabilities different yeah. and when you so when you <clears throat> first started um, and when you were in your master's program maybe a little after that do you know how common it was for an autism diagnosis? Was was it still kind of rare at that time, or did you really notice? Um, I would say at the time. And when was that, by the way? You don't mind like, me asking. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all, Carissa. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, I, gra- I, I got my master's in 88. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um started teaching you know what I remember most is at the time it seemed much more severe like Mm -hmm. the you know the typical the stereotype that you would kind of have in your in your Mm -hmm. mind um or seemed to be synonymous with with children who did not communicate okay yeah really meaning not speaking like they didn't speak at all um Sign language was a real common okay. thing, you know, teaching, you know, just, you know, early, early on. Um, and so that was, a, that was probably a, in a lot of times they definitely had some major cognitive delays. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for during one of my practicums, I worked like with, I think they were junior high or high school aged, um, mostly boys. I only remember boys in a classroom and they were all very low functioning. Mm-hmm. Most of them did not speak. A lot of them. Another thing was the self-stim behaviors. I used to call it self-stimulating behaviors. Mm-hmm. And what um, would those be? What would be an example? And the some, example. You know, like example. Injurious <laughs> what behaviors. What was that? that? A lot of self-injurious behaviors. Like oh, maybe hitting your head okay. repeatedly if you're frustrated or upset mm-hmm. or, um, you know, like... Just something that trying to communicate. They would do repetitively, you know, kind of like Mm -hmm. the I always call it the can't help it. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that classroom, like that was hard for me. That was very hard for me. That's definitely not my comfort level. Um, yeah. But we taught a lot of like life skills. Yeah. You know, how to brush your teeth and things like that. It was yeah, things tough. that, that yeah, things that we take for granted. Yeah. Um, you and I might take for granted because we can do them, right, right Dan? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of out of the scene, as I said, for a long time. And then when I kind of got back into it, it was Asperger's was mm-hmm. the big catchphrase all of a sudden. Okay. That was all new to me. Um, you know, and the spectrum, all of mm-hmm. that was all new lingo or whatever yeah. that I wasn't really very familiar with. And that was so and that was when you had to get recertified that yeah. you kind of had to. And that was all new. Is that what you yeah, saying? Yeah, that, that whole terminology and everything mm-hmm. was definitely new to me so yeah i don't know did it was that at some point through since dating was born or yeah i think that the the, no this word you know the spectrum disorder and because they're you know it's such a wide range of 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 strengths and abilities and and things like that and and struggles or whatever so um that was they did use that phrase um when danny was was young i do remember that and um and asperger's too and then there was the differentiate you know they differentiate between asperger's and then high functioning autism and it, you know i'm like okay hey, what's the they difference? they defined it i feel like i think now they just put now it's pretty much high functioning autism it is there's you know no- there's no it was it was named after uh, Asperger's is after um, a doctor, isn't it? A German or something. I think so. I can't. I don't know the whole history of it because Danny wasn't diagnosed with that, so like, I didn't. You know, yeah. I didn't focus on that. You know, but yeah. Um, but I feel like Asperger's was you know where, you know, you really academically you did the work, but you know the, there was all the I don't know. I feel like they defined everybody and put them in the categories when really, mm-hmm. when you really look at the big picture, the categories all overlap. And everyone's capable of so many different things, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just having the spectrum, autism spectrum disorder, ASD, Mm -hmm. or however you want to look at it, because everybody has their own strengths. And it's hard to fit. Yeah. People within, I think that's something that I've noticed in our interviews. And then also just learning more and more every year about different things that they're learning about autism. Um, is that everybody's trying to fit it into a box so that it can be understood. Right. But I think that's the challenge with it is that it never will fit into a box. It's never something that's going to be easy to understand. Um, and as much as people are trying to fit it into categories, um, it's kind of hard to follow. It's it's hard to... It's impossible to do. Yeah. Seems impossible. Well, it's impossible to fit anyone's personality into a box, really any exactly. person. Right. And, and we, I mean, we all have all these unique characteristics so mm-hmm. um so that that kind of goes mm-hmm. the same way with a neurotypical person you know yeah. so yeah and and there could be somebody listening who's like wrong i actually have all of this new information and so there is a lot of data still yeah. coming in right um but that's something that's nice about this podcast too is that we are learning as we go um so if we do say something on the show people that you know there is something out there send it to us <laughs> right exactly um well i want so imagine that there's like an interventions some a student who is uh well somebody who's going into college they want to become an intervention specialist um and danny would you like to ask this question 
Okay. So if they're listening. What skills do a new intervention specialist have? What are some, yeah, some skills that you feel have really come in handy? Um, well, I always say this first, a really good sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being able to um, roll with it. Yeah. Being right. able to roll with it. Yeah. Um, I always say there's a big difference between gen ed teachers and special ed teachers. Mm-hmm. My gen ed friends might get mad at me for saying this, but um, I just feel like we're more go with the flow. You know, mm-hmm. you just can't get bogged down with a lot of, um, you know, the little problems or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So I think that being able to take things in stride and patience mm-hmm. and... Um, I would, yeah, I mean, I would say patience, but also maybe the ability to empathize and yeah. just really empathy. Like just that's kids. in our mission statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just you know, and I love. I um, I mean, I've had so many children, many of whom are children on the autism spectrum, who are just so cool. You know, mm-hmm. like I just, they're fascinating. You yeah. Know? And, um, so I think that just your ability to be able to love kids and see their strengths, mm-hmm. focus on that, that kind of thing. And and what are some things that you've noticed within this, like that a school has in place that has really helped you in your role? What do you mean by what the school has in place? I don't know. Is there like, is there something that a school has done or a policy that they have in place that has helped you in your role as an intervention specialist or like has helped you in how you communicate with your students and their families? Um, I'm trying to think of a policy. Maybe like supports or Yeah, like supports like like for a- support things that support not only the or not only you but also the students. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um I'm kind of blanking on that. Um, policy. That's okay. It just came up in my head. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's something that, like, unique, like, creative, out-of-the-box thinking, some, like, a, well, or an activity that that's... Well, I think, I mean, I definitely see a big difference since I've come back into mm-hmm. the, quote, special ed world. Yeah. And I think, um, especially the first year that I... Um, came back I mean things were just so different and mm-hmm. I had a daughter who was yeah. just out of school that um my oldest daughter um is a teacher as well and she would always tell me these catchphrases but the big one was differentiated instruction oh yeah it's all about differentiated instruction and they really emphasize that and I love that because basically what that means is that you adjust your teaching to fit the needs of all your mm-hmm. students so it's of course something that, uh, you know, any special ed teacher should be doing. But mm-hmm. now it's kind of the whole yeah, and you know, gen ed teachers as yeah, well. Yeah, because I teach gen ed, and and that's yeah, that's one of the big. I think we had a class in college specifically about differentiation and and how to do it and things to have in place. Yeah. So that was something that was new to you coming back. Around. It was definitely new to me. And um, this was such an emphasis. So, and it, you know, and it took a while to kind of get the hang of it mm-hmm. and figure out exactly, you know, but um, so I think that, you know, the stress on um, on how you were, the, you know, um, really taking a look at how you were teaching and um, accommodations that you, you know, were implementing and all that kind of thing. So that was, mm-hmm. 
that was a good thing. Um, and, you know, I, I really respect the whole process of, you know, all special ed students are on um, IEPs, mm-hmm. individualized education plans. Mm-hmm. And the whole, um, I've learned a lot with the school, the school psychologists in the initial identification because I work with yeah. first through third graders. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, they're just being identified. <clears throat> it might be their first special ed experience. Okay. But when the process is... Um, implemented with fidelity, <laughs> implemented well. It's it is very it's yeah. a good process, you know. All the IEP it. process, the whole IEP process, yeah. and really mm-hmm. even yearly, like um, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna. There, it's a lot of work. Right, mm-hmm. IEPs are a lot of work, and yeah. holding the meetings, and I mean, you yeah, know, you, we've For talked sure. about it before. Yeah. yeah, but it's a great thing to do and I'm lucky to get to have students two or three years in a row and you know to really yeah and see that growth yeah. and I love place. yeah and I love yeah. that time of really like you know um focusing mm-hmm. on just the one child and really giving a lot of thought mm-hmm. to how well or how far they've progressed and goals that need to be you know put in place and all yeah. that kind of stuff so sure. I mean there's a there is a lot of good in the process yeah for sure. Yeah. Danny, do you remember having an IEP? Yeah. Yeah. What do kind you? of things were on your IEP? I have no idea. A lot of things. <laughs> remember those meetings? Did you sit on the meetings when you were older, Dan? No. You did. Yeah. A little bit. Remember? Some of them. Do you remember the celebration we had at your last one? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, we were just. What celebration? It was his last IEP meeting and we were, and we were high five here. Well, fist bumping. Yeah. Everyone. And yep. Yeah. Was there cake, Dan? <laughs> no. There wasn't cake? No, we just is it really a celebration? It was a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. It was for me. I just remember going, Yay, no IEPs. But yeah. I but then again, I also when I say that, I don't mean to disregard them because right. really it's the voice of what the child needs or the individual yeah. needs for all the and it's a legal it's a legal document. Yeah. So it has to it's, be followed, it's right? for it's you know, it's for the child, for the student. And so you, so yeah, I was grateful mm-hmm. for that. And the, and the time that the teachers took to the, to write them and to put thought into them is amazing to me. I have to mm-hmm. say, I, I, I was always pretty grateful for that. So for what is team. an IEP team? Who is usually on an IEP team? Um, well, uh, let's, if, Either way, you would have a general ed teacher, mm-hmm. especially if it's an initial placement and that, you know, they've been in the general mm-hmm. ed classroom. Right. So um, a general ed teacher, a special ed teacher, preferably the one that's going to be, you know, yeah, working, there, with, working with them. Um, the There's always an administrator, usually mm-hmm. the principal or assistant principal. And then if they have any special services like speech or OT, mm-hmm. And they would be present as well. And, of course, the parents. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. lots of other people, too. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I just had an IEP with, I think I had 10 adults there. It was really yeah. something because there were so many. Um, there was a surrogate and a foster mother and a, mm-hmm. whoever is there part of the child's county. life. Really. Yeah, it was really something. Yeah. But um, and it, it was neat. Just that many people can mm-hmm. hang out for this little guy. But um, but that's the main mm-hmm. the main. Part, um, team and then will the you team. usually run those meetings yes. yeah for yeah because I, I write the IEP and then I run the meetings wow yeah yeah because I've um I've read through a lot of IEPs and um 
Yeah, that's a it's a lot of it's a lot of work and a lot of like ha- putting putting it into words what this child needs is sometimes kind of difficult because you know what they need and you can act on it, but then actually having to write it out in detail so that other teachers and other people also understand can be challenging. So I commend you for that. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of hang hard work in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was. They were pretty stressful, but yeah. now I've come to really, mm-hmm. yeah. I, and I mean, right. it's a much simpler process for mm-hmm. me now because I'm you know, much more comfortable doing them, but yeah. there is a lot of good thought behind them. There really is. Right. Yeah. Did you have a question, Danny? No. Um, well, I kind of. Um, okay. Um, so for, um, for, 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 for colleges, we'll, um, is high school and college are they both different from IEPs or what? How 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 do they align or work? I I don't work with older students, mm-hmm. but I um I'm fairly certain I do know that when a child when a student's in eighth grade, then they write they have a whole section in the IEP that I'm sure you're familiar with <laughs> that's called transition and they have transition goals. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, moving into high school and taking a look at kind of where your focus is going to be, like some students might, um, you know, be looking more towards vocational skill training, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I imagine, I think you can have an IP up until the age of 22. Does that sound correct? That yeah. sounds right. I just took a, a, a class for my master's that we covered covered that, and I think it's different in each state. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. So and I don't know if... But I think that's also just, um, so the time that you can be in school, like in Ohio, I think it's up to, is it up to 22 or 22? Oh, 22. And yeah. I think the IEP, once you, if you're going to go like to like college what, in mm-hmm. a program or something like that, there, there's the IEP, the skills on it carried over, but it wasn't an actual IEP like that. Wait, so what um, happened when so like if you yeah, stay in high up. school, you can you can stay in high school on an IEP up until age twenty two. Obviously you you have different um you can you know you can do lots of different things depending on what school you're at and mm-hmm. everything, but then so you can stay in high school up until that age if if that's you know where you're what you're gonna do. And then um but like I don't know I don't know what the exactly what it looks like because some individuals might go on and they might take classes college classes that are you know um not like with no accommodations you can't you can't make mod you can how is it you can you can't modify the college classwork so basically i if you want to get the credit through high school right you get i can't even spit out what i'm trying to say okay yeah that means you can accommodate with more time more test time and all of that but you can't modify the work in order for it to be counted as a credit. The curriculum doesn't change just the qualification. Exactly. You're still learning the same, Mm -hmm. the same content, Mm -hmm. but you might need extra time. Right. You can take advantage of those types of supports, Mm -hmm. but you, the work cannot be modified. At college, you mean? Yeah. You know, so it's just different. There's different Mm -hmm. parameters. Because, because, because when I was in college, it was a different feel for you for for me than when I was in high school. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to ask you because you went to college, so you would have that experience it was so it you was, didn't have an IEP though. No. I did not. I wanted I 
I could have, but I didn't want to. Plus, at the same time, I was at the um, basically, I'm as my like I was at the special education building like a lot, mm-hmm. and it was right. kind of annoying, but. But you also did a lot of other things too, and yeah. you took some other classes that were fun for you to take. That it was, were, it was by uh, for me, if if, if if for me, if 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 let's just say this, if if I were in charge or charge of the whole college atmosphere or whatnot, I would want people to be more under understanding rather than just go straight straight up attacking me. Oh, okay. You know, okay. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to think yeah. about it more. Oh, okay. well, Danny, I say that a lot. If I ruled the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Aaron Fawcett's on all campuses, uh, huh? Yeah. I rule. But, but, if I but, ruled the world. Um, yeah. So I wanted to go back to the um, IEP real quick. Okay. Um, so when you work on those, how many meetings on average do you think you have just for one student's IEP? Oh, usually just one. Well, oh, usually just one. Every three years, a child's up for um, a, for reevaluation oh, okay. with a school psychologist. Mm-hmm. That's a separate meeting that I don't run, thank goodness. Oh. I like going to those meetings because I'm not in charge. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a great school psychologist. Mm-hmm. But so we we do that every three years. Mm-hmm. And um, But as far as an IEP, it's usually just the one meeting. I've never had a, you know... Okay. More than that. Yeah. I usually start by contacting the parent to set up the dating mm-hmm. thing, and we talk a lot about mm-hmm. um, their concerns, the progress they, they are seeing, if they have any specific mm-hmm. like requests for goals or anything like that. So we kind of have like a phone conference. Okay. I used to send home mm-hmm. a questionnaire, but that's not a good thing to do. I've learned no. better to talk to them and did you find yeah. that questionnaires would kind of wind up <laughs> disappearing in thin air? Yeah. The best, to sum it up, I had a parent one day say, you had me write a book. That was a book. (laughs) (laughs) What's that about differentiation again? And and then meeting people where they are. Sounds like you needed to. I know. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to fill all this out. um, I don't know. I feel like I would like to write, write it out. No, I I would be one to talk to. You like to talk to? It's hard for me to get my, yeah. Yeah. You know. How many IEP meetings would you guys typically have, Mom? Well, I mean, Danny had the one, like, official one each year that had Mm -hmm. his team there, whatever school, whatever grade level it was, and whatever was happening that year. Like, um, we used to have, um, obviously, there was an OT there because we there was a sensory um, game. Remember the sensory room, the swings and all yeah. that the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought was, I wanted you, to hang out in you, those um, rooms. I remember those. Yeah. When you talked about what, what kind of things, when you asked um, Aaron that about what the schools have that help you, that came to mind for me, for the mm-hmm. teachers was those sensory rooms, which, you know, when you don't have a child who has any, major significant sensory issues you really don't know what that means until you ha- until you're faced with it and i remember them ex- i remember when he was like 4 years old and it being explained to me what was happening and why this was happening or that was and i was like what are you talking about i remember mm-hmm. thinking they they're making this stuff up i did i was like i don't believe a word of what they're telling me yeah. i i really did i did not get it i'd never heard of it before and so I literally had to like dive in and start reading about it 
about sensory, about not know, you know, knowing where your body is. You feel mm-hmm. like you have to have heavy squeezes and and the skin tingling and all of these things. And then I learned, well, autism, that's that is hugely a huge component yeah. of autism is the sensory needs. So whether it's sound, taste, sight, obviously it's sight and it's it's just where their body is. But anyways, those rooms in the schools were great. So at an IEP meeting, there might be, you know, you'd have the OT, you'd have speech, um, you'd have the phys ed teacher who's working with uh, certain goals. You, I mean, everybody who was involved in Danny's day, mm-hmm. you know, um, would be there um, to talk about, you know, how he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then as he got older, he would come with sometimes he would sometimes he would say I don't he didn't want to go but mm-hmm. but he would he would want to go sometimes right. you know and um as he got I think with high school and maybe junior high but yeah so it would it was sometimes a very long meeting when it came to me and dad because yeah. you know as you know your dad he asked a lot of questions mm-hmm. and he everything was gone over with the fine tooth. Yeah. He was very, and I was, yeah, he had to clarify. And so those were very long meetings. I'm sure they dreaded us, but Mm -hmm. that's okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I wonder if I'm looking at Mrs. Foss and I'm like, "Hmm, are there some names of parents that have come to her mind as she's listening to that? (laughs) It's all good though, to get all of that, you know, because you really, as a parent, the, the biggest thing you can do if, if your child is on an IEP the biggest thing you can do, and I know you all agree with me, is become part of the team with the teacher. And unless the teacher is, I've never encountered it at, when Danny was in, you know, elementary and high school and junior high. Unless the teacher is is just so obviously not engaged with their job choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there and they would love for you to help them. They'll, you know, work together. That is the most important thing a parent can do. Get in there and work with the teacher. Help each other. What the teacher's doing at school, try to bring it home. Mm-hmm. What you're doing at home, let the teacher know. You guys got to communicate if you want to really make a difference, you know? And I think that's huge, right? I totally agree. You know, I didn't, I don't often have parents like like Joe that ask a lot of questions. And, you know, mm-hmm. and you, right. I, mean, I do want that. But I do have a cool story last year. Mm-hmm. Um, without getting into specifics, I had a student who, well, um, a specialist who would dismiss students, seemed to be kind of frequently. Mm-hmm. And there was one, and she had, you know, alluded to this. That's what she was going to recommend. And I was kind of like, oh, dismiss sure. the student? Yes. Yeah. And um, for special, a special mm-hmm. service. And, um, and it was just funny because when I finally got a hold of the mother, which was, took several attempts to do, it's not always easy, but we finally talked one-on-one. The first thing she said is, I really, really am concerned about his, um, I'm not going to get into special, but about this. And I really want those services to be continued. And it was funny because she had no idea. Yeah. That that they were thinking of dismissing about. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. It was just but it was the first thing right? that she said, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Awesome!" Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I hung up with her, I sent, I wrote an email, yeah, <laughs> CC'd a few people. But um, so I mean, I I just thought that was great, but um, because that really it should be coming from the parent, right? You know, those things and those concerns and everything. I I don't always don't get always that see that or yeah. see that, but um, but I do really, I definitely value the 
the input for sure. Right. Yeah. And you have a, you brought a, a book with you today too. Um, yeah. Oh, and I did was you gonna, want to talk about it? Yeah. yeah you I bring? did want to really quickly, that was when you were talking about sensory issues mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. That is something that I've been definitely um, implementing more and more in my classroom mm-hmm. and like learning more about all kinds of things like, um, like calming techniques, like a lot of yoga and breathing things mm-hmm. my favorite is just breathe in breathe out and we um go oh with each, each of your fingers, fingers. Yeah. so for um, those who are listening she's tracing her fingers, fingers breathe in, and when breathe out and, and when you go up good. your finger and when you get it's like to the tip of your pinky that's when you breathe in yeah, and when yeah, you lower down into like the crevice between your fingers you breathe out oh and it feels good yeah. too i know it yeah. does it feels good doesn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we do a lot of those kind of things. I have the same fidgets for five and yeah. I have um, a bucket of different, all kinds of different things, mm-hmm. that, you know, fidgets um, that they can play with. Like my favorite, and I was kind of proud of myself, are those mm-hmm. sequence things, you know, where oh, yeah. you do it this way. That those it, are so, those were, yeah. are very in. They're satisfying. Yeah. They are. And they feel they're good. cool to look at, you know, but yes, these yeah. are like frisbees and, and it is, it's very satisfying to go back and forth and, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, um, so, you know, they can do that. I, I always try to include everybody, whether mm-hmm. some need it more than others or that kind of thing, but and different things for, um, seating. I'm really excited because I just got a project funded. So now I'm oh. um, getting a big carpet and I'm going to have a lot of different like areas now where they can. Congratulations. I know. I was really yeah. excited. So what is the, what is your idea with this or what, what is your, I just needed here? more space okay. for them to be able to mm-hmm. not be at their desks. You yeah. know, like sitting. Right. So just like different things. Like one is going to be a carpet in front of a magnetic board mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, do different like magnetic activities or do with the dry erase markers and that oh, kind of neat. thing. Okay. Anything that my kids can do where they're like involved in. Yeah. You know, use like doing Using something. their hands and doing and something. Yeah. And a little moving. more more movement. Well, right. we do lots of, I mean, we take breaks a lot. Like mm-hmm. probably every 15 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. We do all so kinds important. of. I've had a lot of really cool educational ones, but lots of moving around and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, um. But anyhow, I have found that to be really important. And yeah. those see that we have a lot of those, those wiggle seat, seat yes. things. Mm-hmm. And then I just got these things where they can, you can put it on the bottom of their chairs okay. for their feet. Oh. They're kind of, I don't know how to explain it, like a like a big rubber band. Oh, wow. And they can bounce on it or whatever. It's, it's really cool. So mm. there's all kinds of great That's yeah. the one great. There's so many resources out there. There really are. There's yeah. so many. So many that. So yeah. great. It's so and, much better than yeah. You know, and my daughter to look like. again, Jenneride classroom. She actually did this through a project, a donors choose project when she got her whole classroom's alternative seating. Okay. So there's like a floor table, there's a stand-up table, mm-hmm. there's bouncy ball seats. You have options. Wow. Like That's all great. kinds of different options. Yeah. Which is yeah. It's awesome. I know. Sensory. I know. Well, Marissa, you have in your classroom, and you teach high school, mm-hmm. but you have, I remember the, yeah, the and I had corner to, with carpets and... Yeah, I had to wrap, I had to roll it up during COVID, COVID but... Um, but yeah, it is a, it was a so cute. little carpet area, so and, and I'm hoping I can actually get it up back out there again this school year, um, set it back up. But yeah, with um, some soft lighting and... Um, carpet and books and some pillows 
and then like uh, like cut some crafty things back there and we have a time in the middle of the day like 15 to 20 minutes where students um, are free to do what they need to do during that time whether it's finish an assignment or meet with the teacher that's what it's meant to be for um and uh sometimes i'd have students just come and hang out in there during that span of time um because that's nice it's nice to have a little space like that in your classroom um so we really only have a few minutes left and so i want to talk about the book okay. you brought and then danny is also going to compare you to a superhero oh awesome. yeah <laughs> Which is so cool because my so many of my students love superheroes. Hey. That's awesome. They're always educating me. I don't <laughs> very much about superheroes. Um, I just brought this book just because I actually thought, um, I told you this earlier, that maybe you could have um, have the, the author of the book and her son as future guests. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, she shared this book with me. Um, the author's Michelle. I'm not sure how to say it. Uker? Ukar? Yeah. How do you um, spell it? U-C-A-R, Michelle Uker. Um, but she wrote a book called This Is What Autism Looks Like. And it's um, it's a, you know, a picture book that you would read um, the first half of it to your students or, mm-hmm. you know, to your children or whatever. And then the second half, I saw all kinds of really neat um, ideas um, and things with working with children who um, have autism. Mm-hmm. But it's really neat. And the author's son, his name is Julian, Julian. He, um, yeah, I did say he studied culinary arts. He, I think he currently is studying culinary mm-hmm. arts still. But he actually created um, a company or started his own business selling, yeah. he calls them, he calls it awesome sauce. <laughs> and um, I think it's a barbecue sauce, maybe it's some kind of different marinade. But, um, mm-hmm. but anyhow, just, it's a really, really, really neat book. But it's called This Is What Autism Looks Like. And um, it's written by Michelle. Oh, and I wanted to read that very beginning. Mm -hmm. It says, parenthood is about raising and celebrating the child you have. Excuse me. The child you have, not the child you thought you would have. It is about understanding that your child is exactly the person they are supposed to be. And if you are lucky, they might be the teacher who turns you into the person you were supposed to be. Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, I like that pretty spot on yeah. <laughs> I know I know and I was going to share a couple I have so many great stories I was thinking about just because you mm-hmm. you know been thinking about it but um I had well I've had a lot of cool students I had one child who is a um on the spectrum and he he is just so smart and loves cars mm-hmm. he just and he can name any kind of car and he talks about cars and what kind of car do you drive and really, really interested in cars. And um, a couple of years ago, for a time, I had a para, who, <laughs> a, para a para professional. So he's mm-hmm. like a teacher assistant and kind of went through this period where the one I had had quit. So then I was kind of getting some different substitute paras. And then he came along and he coaches basketball and yeah didn't know a whole lot about first second and third graders <laughs> and uh he was really funny and so at first he was really overwhelmed with this particular student because mm-hmm. he had some special behaviors he was really funny he's the same one that one day just right in the middle of the day out of the blue he goes well i think i'll be heading on home now <laughs> <laughs> like right in the middle of the school day okay <laughs> but um but anyhow 
one of his jobs was to walk the student to his uh, mother's car at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And they kind of had to walk a distance. And uh, as I said, he wasn't very patient with him at first and kind of annoyed. He was very, mm-hmm. you know, after about a week or so, he comes back one day and he goes, he knows everything there is to know about cars. We're walking out there and he named every single car we walked by. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, he was just so impressed. And yeah. He ended up just loving this kid. I just, yeah. And I just thought it was so cool. Like um, Turned him around. Totally turned him around. And he really saw his strengths. And I don't know. I, I just think that's probably the coolest thing about teaching is, yeah. you know, getting to know. Yeah. They all have great, they all have great strengths and great um, talents. And it's neat. Yeah. Right. Well, and, Dan, um, what superhero would you compare Mrs. Fawcett to, or Aaron Fawcett to? I really and why? don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, they're superhero. Oh, how about Last Girl? That's yeah. yeah how about that? You're so flexible. Yeah. No, I'm not. But oh, no, your mind is. Your mind is right. flexible. One of my favorite um, games we we I asked the kids if you could have any superpower, what would it be? You know, to fly, to be invisible. Mm-hmm. So we have a joke. In fact, one of my kiddos it's, that's moving on up now, but he used to say this to me all the time because I was always like, oh, I need my coffees way over there, or I need that coffee's <laughs> over there. And I'd be like, will you go get my book? Will you go get... And then I'd say, I wish I had elastic arms, and I'd just <laughs> yeah. too. reach out and grab whatever I need. Right. So we always had a joke that I wanted to be elastic girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be a good one. Wouldn't that's it be cool? Funny. Yeah, yeah. Just like, be a good one. Reach out and get right. whatever you need. Yeah. That's Heck awesome. Yeah. That'd be pretty great for a special ed teacher. That, that would be, I think so. Awesome. Real everybody in. That'd be great for just right. anybody. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? I, I have given great thought to the superpowers I'd like to have. Yeah. Right. They're, some of them are cool. You already have some here. And, um, and, um, all right. Well, thank you, Mrs. I, I, Aaron Fawcett, Mrs. Fawcett. I'm used to calling you Mrs. Fawcett for coming on the show today. Um, hopefully our audience learned a bit about how IEP works and, and how the school day looks from your perspective um, as a, as opposed to maybe their child's perspective all the time. Right. And and so thank you for shedding some light on all of that today. Um, any last words from mom or Mrs. Fawcett? Or Dan? I'm good. No, I thank you so much for asking me to be on. I was I was so honored to be asked. So I think this is awesome that you guys are doing this. I really do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, with that, we do a final fist bump. Boom. 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 And we are out. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay tuned because next month we are going to be interviewing mom and dad over here about their experience with Dan the man growing up and all the things that they got involved in. And additionally, we are wrapping up our survey that we talked a lot about on the last podcast. So the due date for that is October 4th. So if you have not taken the time to fill it out, please do so. It helps us collect some data on who is listening to the show and also will help us learn a bit more about friendships and how people communicate. And we plan on analyzing the data from that survey in one of our podcasts this year. So with that, boom, have a great day. What am I trying to say here? I don't know. Be awesome. Continue being awesome, everybody. Bye.